My name is Barka Herman, and uh, this is a series of recording I'm doing with my son, Kit Herman. Say hi, Kit. Hello. And the series is called Conversations with My Son. And today we're going to talk a little bit about video games. So um, there's a lot of uh, opinion on whether they're good, bad, how early you should allow your children to play video games, um, you know, how, how to deal with video game addiction. So um, I'd love to hear from you, Kit, what your experience of uh, video games was growing up in our household, which is very tech-centric. And, um, and, and what are your thoughts on it? Um, well, me personally, I am a big fan of video games. Uh, I was playing them since I was a little kid. I remember the first video game that I think we had was Pokemon Yellow for the Game Boy Color. It might have been just a normal Game Boy. Um, I do remember that we eventually did get a color version in which Pikachu had the slightly reddish cheeks and we were so amazed by it. Um, but in terms of you know, growing up, I had played video games since I was a little kid in, I remember going to summer camp. Um, I, I don't know how old I was, but it, it, it was a large portion of my life growing up as a small child, as a uh, young adult, and as a teenager and a preteen even as well. So I was playing video games all throughout the thing. We had um, the, what is it called? Uh, the Dreamcast, the Sega Dreamcast as another system. Uh, we had everything from like PS2, uh, Xbox 360. We, we switched between the, the Sony and Microsoft, uh, you know, guidelines quite a bit when it came to that. And uh, eventually it was computer games that I was really taken up by. And I loved computer games. I had played World of Warcraft and uh, Warcraft 3 or in a chaos. Um, getting into things like League of Legends when I was a teenager and eventually getting into Dota 2. And nowadays I just play random video games every now and again. <laughs> so, so you were a pretty much a straight A student throughout this whole time. Yes. And you also had extracurricular stuff. Do you think that video games had a negative impact on your education or have any impact, positive, negative? No. Um, in fact, you know, it's, it's interesting because I can see how video games could have a negative impact on people's situations and how video games could definitely get to a point in which they're having negative impacts in general, if it's not limited and it's, you know, over the top. And you, there are cases in which people are playing video games for immensely long periods of time and, you know, it, it does have negative impacts on them. But I think that video games um, do have a positive role to play, right? Um, if you think about how society has progressed as people, we you need time to cool off. Like, uh, this goes back to a little bit of, you know, how a person approaches learning new tasks and learning new goals and that kind of thing, right? Uh, it turns out that people are really good at... Uh, actually learning things new, but 
one of the most important things is being calm and being able to actually have a clear head when you're doing it, taking time to relax and taking time to digest information when you're learning things, right? You can't just be like, okay, I want to read the entirety of this mathematics textbook in a day and figure it all out. Right. There are some people who can do that, savants and people who have weird, you know, yeah. uh, strange abilities. But most people, they need to have a period of time in which they, they sit and they think or they digest information and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. They need cooldown periods. And a lot of people use TV as a cooldown period. Okay. Some people will sit and watch TV. Some people use reading as a cooldown experience, uh, you know, experience and they'll read a book. And um, some people will play video games. Some people will go on Facebook or browse online. Everybody has different ways of approaching cooldown periods. And I think it's important that people understand that there are different ways of doing cooldown. And it's, it's funny, too, because some people like to say that, oh, you're reading a book. Therefore, what you're doing is automatically more productive than what you're doing via watching TV. Mm. Or you're watching TV, so therefore what you're doing is automatically more productive than what you're doing while playing video games. Right. And I don't think it's a fair comparison. If you're reading a fantasy novel, you're pretty much playing a video game. Okay. I, I hate to say it, but you are, really. Um, if you're reading something that's, you know, sure, sure you're, you're using the capability of reading, and it might do something like increase your reading speed or something along those lines. But, like, it, 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 it mentally speaking, you're pretty much doing the same thing. You're, you're, if you're doing a very good uh, storytelling video game or you're doing something like that, it, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's mindless violence and mindless uh, other things um, because you are still just engrossing yourself in this other fantasy world. And so it almost means of escapism a lot of times. So, okay, so you're saying that video games is not a net bad. It can yes. be good. Yes. So, what is there a type of video game that's net bad? See, that's a difficult one because I think a lot of people would like to say that, oh, well, people who are playing things like Call of Duty and Fortnite are, you know, those are just shoot 'em up games and all you're doing is mindless violence. Right. But I think that there's also other aspects of that, right? There's social aspects where mm-hmm. you're actually, you know, talking to other people in team-based games. And right. that actually has, does not necessarily, but can have positive influence on people's, uh, you know, ability to talk to other people and just have social communication, right? So when I was a kid playing World of Warcraft, um, most of the time I was a loner, but, you know, sometimes you work together with people and you form relationships with people and you learn how to just have conversations with people. Okay. And it's it's something that some people may need, right? I think that there are some people who go to video games because they aren't necessarily socially uh, adept and they're not like the most social person in the crowd and they don't want to be the most social person in the crowd, but they still need their social interactions through some way, shape or form. And they can have close friends and those close friends they can have conversations with and they can have uh, interactions with via video games. Mm. And those types of interactions don't necessarily need to be in person because, you know, it's hard to meet in person in a lot of cases. You know, let's say you're going to a public school, you have a good friend of yours and you, and he lives like 30 miles away. Like, what are you going to do? You can't, you know, go over there every single time you want to because you're a kid. You don't have access to transportation. Right. But the internet allows you to talk to him, play with him almost instantaneously. So right. it, it, it can have a positive aspect. Okay. So <clears> let's <throat> talk specifics here. So as a young child, uh, and I, I do know some of this, but you know, um, I want to get your opinion on this. How much video gaming was allowed 
uh, were there times, you know, was it a disciplined practice in that, okay, you can't play video games in certain times and you are allowed at other times? And how did that work for you? Um, so in retrospect, I can't remember how much disciplining there was when it came to video games. I think it was mostly just you're allowed to play them on the weekends and during the weekdays, like there was, it was cut off almost entirely. Right. Uh, that being said, you know, when I grew into like the teenager years and the young adult years, I think it changed. So here's, here's an interesting thing. I think that like uh, video games when you're a small child may have completely different effects than when you're a young adult or a teenager. And so I think that there's that aspect to to remember as well, because when you're a really little kid and you're learning that kind of stuff, I don't know how, how, how you would take it because I can't remember how I took it. Right. Okay. I wasn't, um, I can't, you know, go back in time and think that, okay, when I was like five or six, I had this sort of thoughts on video games. It was mostly a time waster. Right. It was a good way to keep a person, you know, uh, keep a child from acting out too much or being too bored with life. Because a lot of, I think, being a five or six year old is being bored with life. Right. Because, <laughs> because you know, you're just trying to, because things happen in life. Right. You need yeah. to take your five or six year old to uh, you know, a line and you're waiting in a bank. And so they pull out the DS and they start playing a video game mm. and, it, and it stops them from, you know, doing too much roughhousing or running around and that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I think it's important to have a healthy mix of both, you know, outdoor activities and indoor activities. So sometimes kicking them out of the house might be a good idea when they're like little kids and, and um, making sure that there's that balance, right? Because it's a good way of keeping them still, but you don't want them to be completely still constantly or else right. that becomes negative on their health. Okay. Um, but I think that it's, it, it is a good means of keeping people from acting up too much. And, you know, it, it, if your face is in the screen, you're not going to be doing other things. And you, you could look at that as a negative thing. You definitely could. You could say that, oh, well, if everybody's face is in their screens, then that's, you know, a negative aspect of society. They're not learning anything. Look at all these people. They're just uh, looking at their phones. But then you got to go, like, back 40 years. Like, okay, what were you doing elsewise when you were standing in line at a bank? You're just staring off into space. Like you can be looking at a screen and you could be kind of engaging certain aspects of your brain and you could be staring at the space and thinking. Mm. And, you know, there are positives and negatives to both of them. I don't right. think one is inherently better than the next one. And I don't think that – I'm not sure if there are any studies that show that there are one that inherently better than the next one. Mm. But, you know, it's it's up to you to decide that, I think. It's, it also depends on each individual child, I think. As well, yeah, definitely, 100%. All of this stuff applies to each individual person. Right. Because, I mean, a good example is, like, I like playing video games, but there's actually a, a funny streamer that I watch. He His entire job as a human being is to play video games and make uh, entertaining con- uh, content. Mm-hmm. And he has a son and uh, when their son was growing up, he was like, hey, do you want to play video games? He's like, no, not really. He's like, what do you want to do? He's like, I want to play soccer. It's just like, you know, well, he wasn't going to force the kid to play video games. It was funny because he grew up around video games. It, the kid was just to the like, point that he didn't like it. No, not that he didn't like it. It was just that he, there was something else he wanted to do. Like some yeah. people just have different yeah. interests when they're born. Like, yeah, yeah, some yeah. kids That's want to play video games. Some people don't want to play video games. Some people are introverted. Some people are extroverted. Some people have different takes on the life. It's not yeah. necessarily a turned off type of thing. It's more of a, 
you know, some people just don't want to do it. Yeah. So just just to um, just to reiterate, we did have rules around video games. You did have all kinds of video game consoles and handheld everything. Uh, we gave you full access, but it was an unrestricted access. Yes. Um, you you did have to play outside. You did have to do other things. You had chores. You had you know homework, whatever. And you you also played video games. So we didn't we didn't make it extremely difficult, but we didn't make it ubiquitous either, so that it was available all the time. And I remember this conversation when I was working with. Uh, I was working in a company where I was surrounded by a lot of gamers and they were much younger than me and I'm not a gamer. And you were, I think in middle school maybe, and you yeah. wanted to play World of Warcraft for the first time. And this was summertime. So you did not have any school or obligations. And you you came to me and said, mom, I want to play World of Warcraft. And I said, okay, let me, let me ask around. So I, I spoke to all my gamer friends and most of them said, yes, you know, it's, it's good. And one of the guys, and he, I think he was the oldest in the crowd. He said, you cannot expose your child to that at that young age because it's addicting and it'll have adverse effects. And, and I was just very surprised by that reaction, but all the other young kids were saying, no, 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 it's okay. And I, I did let you play. And what was your experience that summer of playing World of Warcraft? It was tons of fun, but it's interesting that you say that because a lot of the time wasn't spent exclusively playing World of Warcraft. Mm. Um, because when you have access to video games, you have access to other things too, which is the computer in general. Right. And I think that's an important distinction to be made um, when it comes to certain types of games. So as I said, I, I was more towards PC gaming instead of console gaming. So I think a console is exclusively for that type of entertainment where you were literally going on that that console to play that game, and that is the end of, end all be all of that. Like mm. a Nintendo DS, you can't surf the web. Right. Uh, an Xbox 360, you can surf the web, but it's tedious and nobody wants to do it. Right. So when it was me and World of Warcraft, because it was a PC game, I spent a lot of time playing World of Warcraft, yes, but a large larger portion of the time, I would say, was learning about using the computer. I'd go online, I'd look things up, I'd learn how to you know, search for terms that I needed. Like it, it was interesting because it was a very big learning experience, right? Because back in the day you had things like Wowhead where you had to actually go on separate websites to learn how to, how to finish a quest or mm-hmm. to locate the mobs that you needed to kill in order to, to beat a certain quest. And so World of Warcraft was a combination of a fun game to just keep yourself engrossed in something, but also a way to tackle certain problems Mm. And the way you tackled the certain problems weren't always as simple as, you know, just just try and brute force figure it out. Sometimes you had to, you know, quote unquote, cheat a little bit, go to Wowhead and say, oh, wow, this one whelp has a 0.1% drop rate. I guess I'm not going to go slaying whelps in the Black Roller Marshes or something like that, right? <laughs> if you say so, I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> Yeah. No, but that's very interesting because I remember the deal that we had made was that you can play uh, fairly unrestricted during the summer, but during the school year, you had to kind of stop and cut back to weekends. And you were agreeable to that deal and you did start playing and you played quite a bit and you learned a lot that summer. Well, I think that it's a big thing about video games is that they can be very single-minded when it comes to some of them, right? Because uh, we've talked about how some video games have positives and negatives, and some may have more positives and more negatives than others. So I think that 
you're at a little bit of an advantage if you are playing video games yourself because you can help your kid choose video games that are both good quality and actually, you know, help you think a lot, right? Because some video games are just mindless. They are cookie clicker. They are, you know, you're, you're, you're literally doing it for the sole sake of just engrossing yourself in the video game in the same way that you would engross yourself in a mindless TV show. And how like some people watch, you know, just random shows that they know have no inherent value as an individual, but you know, some people have them as guilty pleasures. And right. Everybody has their guilty pleasure TV show. Right. And right. you know, some people have their guilty pleasure other things. But I think that there are a large number of video games that are incredibly, you know, thought provoking. Mm. And they have good intentions along with good play styles. Yeah, I remember um civilization being one of them. Yeah, Civilization is a turn-based game and it's very strategy-oriented and it makes you think a lot. And that's a, that's another thing. A lot of people don't realize that video games do make you think depending upon the video games and right. you can get very engrossed in it. And there's a whole culture that's sprouted from video games. I mean, people used to think that video games would take you nowhere and there are multi-millionaires right now who became multi-millionaires by playing video games alone. Right. And Twitch streaming took off and you've got entire subcultures that are dedicated to, you know, doing this type of thing. Right. And I'm not saying that everybody should become a Twitch streamer or everybody should pursue to become a Twitch streamer. But I think that there were some people who legitimately found their passion in video games and that saying that video games are inherently bad and, you know, outlawing them or doing something crazy like that to that extent would have been a, a bit of a tragedy. Right. So I think there's, there's, it's, it's a mixed bag. It depends on what each person does. And it's funny too, because, you know, I think that's something that you have to talk to, to everybody about, right? Because who knows, maybe, just maybe you won the lottery and your kid or, you know, somebody who look, you you know, or somebody who you're looking after is going to be the next big Twitch streamer, right? And they're going to have millions upon millions of views and they're going to be literally made into a millionaire or a billionaire by playing video games. Mm. And you can't always exclude that fact, right? If somebody is legitimately like, listen, I'm good at this. I want to be a professional footballer. If every single parent who said that their son wanted to be a professional footballer was very against them, then that'd be, you wouldn't have nearly as many professional footballers. You have to actually take it in that line of sense. But of course, there has to be like a serious talk about this. I'm not saying every single kid is going to be a master of video games and every single kid is yeah, going to be a master. Yeah, so for every successful footballer, there are <laughs> about 10,000 that are not. Exactly. They're just obvious. But-, but you should at least consider it as, you know, it's no longer just necessarily a, a thing where you, you should just dismiss it solely as a negative thing. Because I think there are a lot of positives that can come of it. Right, right. right. In the same way that there are positives that can come from sports. Yeah, I remember uh, one summer, lol, my daughter playing Spore. One of the results, one of the side effects of that was that she learned all this medical terminology, which is very complicated because it's all about evolution. And so she learned all this lingo and she had a um, visual uh, experience of those. So she not only did she know the terms, she also understood what they were and how they came about and what they're uses were. So it's a very contextual learning um, as opposed to textbook learning, which is mostly memorization. So, yeah. So, so as I said, it can definitely have positive outlooks and it's, 
It's, it's strange to, I guess, think of it that way because previously I was saying that a lot of people use it as now that similar to like TV or something like that. And you'll never have like a professional TV watcher. But, you know, there are people who get inspired by TV and become, you know, film directors and that kind of thing. So it's, it's one of those things where I don't think you should necessarily uh, punish your kid or be overly uh, critical about their, their desire to play video games or whatever. Mm. Um, it's something that I should in some way, shape or form be encouraged, but at the same point in time, it needs to be controlled. It's not something where you should let them run wild and play video games exclusively because, you know, most people aren't going to use video games as a, a job. It's just not going to happen. Most people are going to be using it as an outlet. And I think it's a good outlet, but it's also can definitely be addictive games these days some of them are becoming more predatory in the fact that they're trying to make people addicted to them. Uh, World of Warcraft, modern World of Warcraft in particular, I think is one of those. Um, when it was an older game, you'd invest a lot of time into it, but there was like a time no reward kind of thing. Modern day World of Warcraft is you log in online, you do your dailies, and then you log off. And the whole purpose is to have you playing for X amount of time and be as engrossed as possible and pretty much get nothing from it. <laughs> right, it's, right. It's, it's whole thing is just as shallow as you can get a game to be. Um, and, you know, it's, it's one of those things where it's just, you've got to find the right game that, that isn't exclusively trying to take advantage of people. I know that in the, the European countries that even things like loot boxes are being taken down because it's quote unquote gambling because mm. you're receiving boxes of loot for large amounts of money that may or may not contain prizes and there's a bunch of other shady things that happen when it comes to those mm. and it's just you know people have taken it and they've run with it and they've run with it in somewhat negative directions some of the phone games like a large portion of phone games make their money off of things called whales which one person in particular who becomes addicted to the game pays thousands upon thousands of dollars to the producers so it's not the one-time buyer who spends a dollar on a game that actually funds those games it's individuals who become legitimately addicted and are willing to spend tons of money. Mm, interesting. So, <laughs> so you, you're introducing a couple of terminology that our you know, listeners may not know about. So whales is one, yes. and you just explained what that is. It's, the whales are those users that overuse it, and that's what sustains the game, mm -hmm. not the, the, uh, the incidental $1 a time buyers. And how about loot boxes? What is a loot box? So loot box is basically uh, rewards for video games. You see it a lot where um, instead of just having a, a flat out, you will receive this item if you purchase it. It's you spend either in-game currency or actual currency to receive a box. It just has a bunch of random uh, prizes. Mm -hmm. So it's it basically is kind of gambling where you <laughs> where instead of going to a store and buying something that you want, uh, they purposefully limit it so that you cannot buy whatever you want. The only way to get the items that you want is by buying an object that gives you a random chance of receiving that. Mm, okay, all right. Which encourages you spending more money. And and they, the games are becoming more um, clear about their intended audience and purpose as well. Yes. So at the very least, it, it would be my advice to parents that at least follow those guidelines in allowing your kids to play video games, right? Yeah, or, or also listen to reviews and that kind of thing, right? Um, I think that it doesn't necessarily have to be limited exclusively to the age rating, but look at, look at, you can find reviews of video games online fairly easily. 
Right. And you can find people who will give you an honest opinion of the game and tell you what what the goal, sole premise of the game is, right? So I never recommend God of War one, two, or three to like a teenage kid or like a not not a teenage kid, but like a preteen kid who is like in middle school because the entire purpose of it is to be as gory as possible. Mm. But then for some reason, if you go to God of War four, it's actually a really good game, and turns out like yeah, I, I probably let like a middle schooler play that game because it's it has a compelling storyline. They changed the combat system. The entire mm. purpose of it wasn't exclusively to make it as gory as possible, and it has actual you know merits aside from being a gore filled action game. Interesting. So on a <laughs> tangent, if we wanted to start a a video game review. Uh, channel would you be interested in contributing to it sure why not okay all right so <laughs> uh so coming back to video games so the verdict is that you're okay with video games you think it's just a way of release it's just should be moderated or monitored yes and i think monitoring is another big one because you know hey play video games with your kid <laughs> at some yeah. point in time maybe at least try it out you know, if you don't like it, you don't like it. You shouldn't force yourself to do it. But it might be a bonding experience because I know that video games are becoming really big with kids, like especially mm-hmm. Fortnite and like uh, Apex Legends. And like there, there are so many games that kids are getting like wildfire to the point where in some, in some circles, it's, if you don't play this game, you are literally an outcast in the social right. circle. Because imagine having a conversation topic. Like we were talking about whales and loot boxes, and I was talking about the whole one percent drop of whelps in World of Warcraft. I was having this conversation, but my mother didn't understand what was happening. Now imagine if it wasn't my mother who was talking to me, but like the other kids in your class were all having that conversation, and right. you can't contribute to that conversation. It can almost be exclusionary if you're not allowed to do it. So mm. look at your kids' point of view on this. If the only thing that's being talked about in their class is, let's say, this one really popular video game, and it's their friends have all played it and they haven't. And they're trying to have a conversation with their friends for the next couple of weeks. It's going to be like, I can't talk to my friends. Mm. I literally can't hold a conversation with them. And then they'll feel excluded. And there can be some negative aspects to that. So talk to your kid, figure out what's going on in their lives, figure out if they, if they really, really need this game, it might not be because they really, really need this game in order to, you know, be play the game as much as possible. They might literally just be like, well, Timmy has it and I should have it it might not be as simple as Timmy has it and I should have it. It's everybody's playing it. I can't even hold a conversation with Timmy now. I'm literally being excluded in my own school because I can't have a conversation about something that's so popular. Hmm. Okay. So there's also social ostracization because of not being non-gamer. Yeah. So gaming is not just for gamers. Gaming is now for all kids. It's somewhat becoming that way. And well, with Fortnite, it's a little bit special just because of the fact that, you know, there are, uh, you know, it's free to play. So, right. you know, maybe if you don't really want them to play a lot of Fortnite, give them like 30 minutes or something. And at least let them play the game like once or twice so they have some information on it if it's popular. Mm. I'm not saying you should let them become like binge Fortnite gamers and all that kind of stuff because you can, you can limit it. That's the best thing. Like if you've got control over it, you can limit it to a certain extent. And, and <laughs> I know. I, um, I teach, um, I, I do entrepreneurship um, sessions with middle schoolers. So I do know uh, as soon as they go on break, they, they play Fortnite. So for those parents who have no clue what Fortnite is, can you give a two minute synopsis? Sure. It's a battle royale game, which is another term that you may or may not know, which is basically you are playing a character in a world. 
you have weapons of some form or another. And the whole idea is that you are fighting along with a squad of, you know, other people who are on your team Mm -hmm. to be the last surviving squad on the map. Okay. And it's as simple as that. Everybody drops off and they fight each other. And eventually there are only one team remaining. And that one team is the winner. Okay. So it is free to play. What is the recommended age group? Um, I don't know the recommended age group, although I do know there is no blood and gore. Though there are weapons, which is, I assume, a a turnoff to a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. Because they do have, you know... It is, yeah, it has a little bit of violence, but it's not gory. Yes. So, you know, I wouldn't... And it is a shoot-em-up game. Yeah, so I wouldn't give it to, like, you know, five or six-year-olds or something that really slow down. But, you know... And it's free-to-play, and it's PC game? Yes. Yeah, it's a computer game, yeah. And I do think another important thing, though, is that a lot of people make this strange distinction where they think that, you know, video games encourage violence and that kind of stuff. Uh, Statistically speaking, nobody has been able to prove the direct link between video games and violence. And I think that does need to be stated at least once, right? There's no definitive, definitive causation for video games and violence. Yeah, so just for context... I do work in the tech industry, so I work with a lot of gamers. They're not violent people. <laughs> they tend to be nerds, not uh, not really violent. So, anyway, um, is there anything else you'd like to add to our gaming conversation? Sure. Um, if if for some reason you are adamantly against video games, you have some issue with them, or you don't want your kid playing them, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing, right? You can have that takeaway. And, you know, I'm sure your kid will grow up and he will have a perfectly fine life without ever playing video games. Uh, so if, if it's a no-go on that, try and explain your reasoning to your child and try and at least let them <laughs> soak in some of the culture if they're begging you or something like that. Right. You don't, they don't need to play the video game, but let them watch like a, a Fortnite streamer. Let them mm. watch somebody who plays the video game so that at least they understand like some aspects of it. And don't be afraid to look into it yourself if you deem that a game is inappropriate or whatever. I think that that is much more telling of a reason for you not letting your kid to do it than if you just heard the word video game is bad and then, you know, you just react to it. Mm. Have an informed opinion upon it. So if your kid wants to buy a game and asks you to do it, look at the game. You don't, you, if, if you're adamantly against it, figure out why you're adamantly against it. Okay. That's the only real thing I'd say. Okay, fair enough. All right, well, thank you very much for this wonderful session on video games. Yeah. Um, insight that I certainly don't have. <laughs> All right, so till next time.